0: Hey everyone, welcome to That's a Good Question. I'm John. And I'm Ryan. Great to be with you. Great to get to yeah. talk about the sermon that we just preached this past Sunday um, at Peace Church, talking about what it means to be a man. What happened to the men was the title of the sermon. Yeah. Uh, looking at the crisis of men we see in the world and talking about what the Bible has to say about manhood. And quick plug for uh, anybody listening to this yeah. who's a man who loves Jesus and is capable of serving with kids, you should sign up to be a Bold Boys leader. Bold Boys is our program uh, on Wednesday nights here at church where we teach boys to be biblical men. And so uh, we could always use more great men to serve as volunteers. So check that out, sign up for that. I want to
1: absolutely affirm that. Men, if you are concerned about the future of our church and the country, and you wanna make sure that we are doing our best to raise up little boys to be godly men, then serve in Bold Boys. Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah.
0: preach it. You feel good about our choice to uh, forego the other topic we had planned to preach this topic on manhood?
1: Oh yes, um, 100%. The The other topic that we were looking at doing this science and religion is a great topic and a great conversation. We'll get to that at some point in yeah. the future of Peace Church. But when we received the questions that we did in light of this message, it only further affirmed why we believe God called us to do this message. You're gonna see a very common theme throughout every single question we have gotten out of this this sermon, and it all relates to what's happening in the home. So uh, without giving away all the questions,
0: let's just go ahead and get into it. No, that's good, yeah, amen, let's dive right in. Question number one, what can a wife say to a husband who doesn't recognize that he's falling short of the Bible's call to be a man, uh, and some of the things that we talked about in the sermon? Yeah,
1: and so the first thing I would say is that the, the wife in this situation, or any wife in this situation, th- this needs to be a heart-to-heart conversation that a wife has with her husband. Um, this is not something that a husband needs to hear about from a third party that his wife feels this way, or the, you know, the wife shouldn't be going to other people to talk about this. This is an issue that the, the wife... Needs to have a moment of vulner- vulnerability with her husband, a moment of openness where she goes and, and confesses this to her husband of her desire of what she wants to see, see in him. Um, yeah. How would you? What would you say to Share this? Share your heart.
0: Do it with love. Yep. Pray for him. Absolutely. Do it with encouragement. I think a lot of men are, um, if they're not leading, they're um, probably feeling intimidated or afraid. Uh, for a lot of men they they want to, they just don't know how or they're afraid to, so make sure you do it with love, do it with encouragement. I actually had a chance to talk this morning with a couple of our female staff members about some of these questions, just kind of just kind of said what would you say to somebody in this situation and a few of them also shared They said, make sure that the standard that you're asking your husband to to live to is actually the biblical standard. They said that uh, as wives, it's easy to even put the standard maybe higher or towards things that are just your preferences instead of what the Bible calls men to. So be careful to make sure that you're asking him to follow a biblical standard. Um, But yeah, I think as a husband, it's gonna gonna be hard to hear that. But if your wife does it with love, with care, um, comes straight to you, one-on-one in the right setting, then, yeah. man, we want to hear it and we want to grow.
1: Well, that's just what I was going to say. Is So So, any man who has this conversation with his wife yeah. out of, coming out of this video, yeah. um, men, you got to have a patient, open heart to be able to receive this and receive the challenge that the Holy Spirit's bringing through your wife into this. And in, going with this thread that we're going to find throughout every question, one of the things I need to say to, to the men listening, especially to the married men who are listening, all these questions are all from the same camp, um, are all gonna have the same theme behind it. And what you need to hear from this men is that, th- I think the world out there is painting this picture that men are domineering mm. um, and they're hyper-controlling. And while there are maybe some examples of that, what we're seeing with the questions we got is that women are longing, wives are longing for their husbands to to spiritually lead in the home. That they feel like it's not happening and they wanna see it happen. And so, men, this is a chance to step up and grab your hands, wife, and love her and pray for her and read scripture over her. And here's the thing. I, I know that I, I've i got a lot to grow in this area. Mm-hmm. Um, there's things that I'm preaching on that I am working on myself. And this is not a thing where I'm sure it goes for you, you too, Pastor yeah. John. We're
0: not perfect at this either. Yeah. Your wife wants you to lead. Yeah. Uh, and I think one of the most vulnerable, maybe helpful things you can do is, is men just go to your wife and say, hey, I know that I'm falling short. Take her by the hand and say, I want to grow, I want to lead. Um, I'd be happy to hear some feedback. Be gentle. Yeah. I want to hear some feedback, and I'd love to learn to lead better. Yeah, as
1: so. my partner, how, help me how I can get, get better. What, what do you, you yeah. want
0: to see happen? I'd have that conversation. Yeah. Yep. Good. Question number two. As a wife, how do I encourage my husband to lead our family in Bible reading and prayer without nagging him? Uh, And then this question says, I would love for my husband to lead our family. So just like we just said, that same sort of feedback, the wife saying, I want him to lead. Uh, How do I help him lead? And specifically in the area of spiritual leadership, uh, Bible reading and prayer.
1: Yeah, I wanna echo something you said earlier. Let's make sure that we're having a biblical standard for our husbands that um, no one we wouldn't want anyone to think that their husband needs to be this bible scholar now who is deeping who is digging deep into the the greek and the syntax of the language here like the, what we're talking about is picking a passage and reading it and just sharing some thoughts on that and how god is speaking through this passage so uh, you know how do i how do i uh, encourage this from my husband I would say, as as the wife who's the the helpmate, one of the things that uh, I would encourage a wife to do is herself pick a Bible passage, or a verse, share it with her husband. Say, "Hey, I was reading this today, and here's my thoughts on it. What do you think about that?" Mm. Um, open that door for him to share some yeah. thoughts, and then the then the wife can just say something like, "Hey, why, why don't tomorrow you pick a passage, just one verse, um, and Share with share with me what you think about it, and I'll share tomorrow what I think about it. And again, yeah. that's not that's not about a nagging way, like where you're constantly telling a husband what he should be doing all the time. Yeah. Uh, but you're engaging the process as well. And and how would you how would you? Yeah,
0: yeah. Or even maybe even start with uh, even before sharing his thoughts, uh, even just asking him to read. Just say, mm-hmm. um, "Sweetheart, would you mind tomorrow before bed? Would you read me a passage of scripture before you go to sleep? I'd just love to hear." The Bible. Would you mind reading me a verse of the Bible before we go to bed? And maybe even just point out a book. Let's just read our way through Matthew, or, or yeah. pick another book, or a Psalm, something yeah. like that. Um, or at the dinner table, um, honey. Next, you know, tomorrow night. Would you mind just? What if right before we eat dinner, you read a Bible, a passage of the Bible? Yeah. Um,
1: and men, if you are a comp- if you feel like you're completely lost on on how to do that or where to go for help, um, I would say you can contact your zone elder or any of the pastors, and we would love to point you in a direction that we think would be helpful.
0: Or you can come on Saturday mornings to our men's breakfast and Bible study. Great place to learn how to read the Bible, study it, share it with others, um, as well as get the encouragement of other men. Yeah. So, good, good, good. Question number three. If you have put down your husband or ex-husband in front of your children, not only should that stop, but do I owe an apology to my kids? Great question.
1: I would say, yes, you do owe an apology to your kids. And here's what also is happening. Not only is it, I think that the right thing to do, but what you're doing is you're you're modeling something for your children that I don't think they will understand the value of right now, but as they get older, they will come to appreciate and they'll see the value in it. And that's what it really means to, to plant seeds in our children, yeah. uh, knowing that the things that we are instilling in them, they may not understand and we may not see the fruit of in the moment, but in the years to come, as we consistently model Godly behavior, it's gonna develop Godly kids who are gonna come to see that we are doing something different than the world, and we're gonna see fruit from that, that I know will produce great things for generations.
0: Yeah, yeah, being a Godly person doesn't mean being perfect, we know that. Uh, Being a Godly person means trying to follow Jesus and being able to repent when we don't follow Jesus appropriately, so being able to go to your kids, what a great example, to just sit them down and be able to say, hey, um, in the past, I've said this or that about your dad or about your mom, on the other side, um, and I was wrong. I shouldn't have said those things. Um, neither of us is perfect. We're both broken, sinful people. We both have our faults, and uh, I shouldn't have talked about that in front of you kids, and so I'm sorry for that. Yeah. A, what a great example for the kids.
1: I think saying I'm sorry and showing that
0: model of repentance is among the most powerful things you can do for your kids. Mm-hmm. Yep. Next question. What if I married a man that doesn't lead our house in a godly way? And uh, as we read kind of the rest of this question, which didn't get included, I kind of got the sense that they're maybe saying that this is somebody who's not interested in leading in a godly way. So before we've talked about men who maybe want to lead in a godly way, but are falling short. Uh, this question is more like, this guy is not interested in leading in a godly way. Hmm. Um, so yeah. what does a wife do if she's in that spot?
1: Yeah, I've, I've, uh, I've been taking the, the chance to, to lead off
0: with answering. I'd love to hear your initial yeah, thoughts on this. Nice, nice. turn around me, I like that. Yeah. I appreciate that. Um, well, like we said uh, before, I think it uh, depends on the situation, but you know, you want to pray for, encourage, try to help your husband grow. Um, one of the things I want to be quick to say is that if uh, if what this question is saying is that the man is not a godly man, maybe, meaning maybe he's doing things like he's an abusive man, uh, we never want to encourage a woman to stay in an abusive spot. Uh, if you are being abused, please find help please reach out to a counselor, a professional, reach out to the church. Uh, we'd love to help you find a place where you can be safe. Um, so we never want to encourage anybody to stay in an abusive spot where they're being hurt. Find some help. Um, but God calls us to try to, to try to grow and to try to help our spouse grow, um, kind of like we've talked about already.
1: Yeah, Paul talks um, in 1 Corinthians 7, He's, he speaks to husbands and wives who have married people who are not believers. Let's talk about that for a second. Mm-hmm. Um, and in those situations, he says, if the unbelieving spouse wants to stay, then you should stay married to them. Yeah. Because he talks about how, when a believer is married to an unbeliever, um, and, and, and just to cl- clarify, this is a context where people are coming to Christ. They did not grow up with the Christian faith. Yeah. So I think he's really speaking to people who came to Christ after they got married, because we should always marry a fellow believer. We should always be equally yoked. But in those situations where a person develops a faith after they got married, or or we'll just put it in a more general way right now, if you are married to someone who doesn't want to grow spiritually, um, Paul says to to remain married if they want to stay married, We're called to live in peace because there is great things that God can still do in that context. You can still have hope as you continue to model what following Christ is like, um, being the best spouse that you can possibly be, praying for them, um, and and then bringing them to church and and into Christian company when possible.
0: Yeah, Yeah. one of the other passages that that talks about this is 1 Peter 3. I'll just read it. Peter says, likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands, so that even if some do not obey the word, and I think he's specifically talking about unbelievers. So even if somebody's even if your husband is not a believer, that they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives when they see your respectful and pure conduct. So Peter is saying, also like what Paul says, yeah. uh, stay, stay married. God's God's put you in that situation. You're married. Yep. Stay married and try to be a godly example. Uh, pray for that man. Try to yeah. try to be a godly Christian in the marriage.
1: Yeah, have hope hope, not despair, not yep. discouragement. God can still do great things as the believing spouse pursues Christ and models what that's like for, for their
0: spouse. Yeah, and we, of course we want to acknowledge too what a, what a really difficult situation to be in. Um, so you're not alone in that situation. Yeah. Uh, get plugged into our women's ministry. Find other women who can help you and encourage you and support you while you're in that situation. Um, and I also want to go back to something that you said too because uh, it's really important and I don't think it's one of our questions that we're going to tackle here. Um, talk about whether you whether you should or should not marry somebody who's not a christian talk about equally or unequally yoked um pastor ryan how what do you counsel couples who are asking that question should i marry a non-christian should i not
1: yeah well number one as a pastor i would never officiate the wedding between a believer and a non-believer I, yeah i mean paul talks about we have to be equally yoked and if you enter into a that sort of covenant with a non-believer you're going to have values uh a misalignment of values every step of the way it's yeah. it's probably only be going to lead to continued frustration uh and continued heartache um i don't believe the bible calls us to do that and as pastor and i know it goes for you too yeah. uh, we, we won't officiate weddings in that because yeah. we love both those people and we know it's just going to be a setup where there's going to be a lot of like hurt and heartache yeah. misalignments um struggles yeah yeah
0: so yeah if you're a young lady listening to this. If he says, "Well, if we get married, I'll go to church," that's just not enough. No. Uh, uh, he needs to be somebody who has his own relationship with Jesus. That he's not just saying, "I'm gonna, I'll do this religion thing for you, or I'll go to church for you." Um, find a man who is really a follower of Jesus, and wants to lead you into a deeper relationship with Jesus, and have a family that follows Jesus. That's yeah. the kind of spouse you need. I just want
1: to echo what we already said earlier. I mean, these questions are all about these all stem from women who are just desperate for their husbands to to lead in a godly way. And uh, marry men who are already doing that, already showing that, don't hope for that to happen
0: after the fact. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, amen. Next question. How would you suggest in a broken family encouraging kids to love and respect a dad that isn't modeling biblical manhood in his life, and his parenting, and in his marriage?
1: Yeah, uh, again, a fairly regular question. Um, f- number one thing I'd say is that point to the good qualities whenever you can. Yeah. Point to the, the, the positive in your spouse or your children's other uh, parent as, as much as you possibly can, because I know there are some good qualities there. So definitely point to those when you can. And I'd also say then, this is a great time for us to point to our Heavenly Father, that yeah. every child, every child has a broken human, father mm-hmm. as a broken mm-hmm. human dad uh, but we have a perfect heavenly father and so of course we always ultimately look to him and this would be a great chance to, to teach your kids about god the father and how he is the perfect father and um again point to some positive where you can in in their dad uh but this is a great chance to point to our heavenly father pastor john yeah. anything you do? Like no, it's yeah respect the that?
0: positive things that you do see Don't. um and then you know teach instruct uh your kids about god's way and let them sort of I think see the contrast, right? Teach them positively what God's vision is for man, um, and try to respect what you can. That's good. Absolutely. Next question: What scriptures point us to what it means to be a godly woman? How can I be the best daughter, wife, or mom? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the most classic
1: examples is Proverbs thirty-one, mm-hmm. the example of the godly woman, and this is a this is a powerhouse of a woman. Uh, yeah. She is she supports her husband, she loves her kids, she's respected by them. Uh, she's she's kind of an entrepreneur. She's buying property and selling it. Um, so Proverbs thirty one is a great great example um, to look to. I'd also say that's a that's a picture that that gives uh, that's a picture that paints a great picture of a godly woman. I'd also look to just examples of godly characters mm-hmm. in the Bible, such as Mary, the mother of Jesus, yeah. or Elizabeth, the mother of John the Baptist. Read the story of them and the way that they interact, and you can pick out some great. Yeah great testimony of what it means to be a godly woman. Yeah, Ruth
0: Naomi. Ruth Naomi. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, I'd also add to that, so um, some other books that take what Scripture says about a godly woman and explain it some more. Um, One of the great authors that I know that my wife appreciates a lot is Nancy DeMoss Wolgamuth. Don't ask me how to spell that. Uh, But uh, books like Lies Women Believe or... uh, Actually, her husband has one for men, like a shepherd. So if you're if, uh, if guys, if you're looking for a book, you're listening to this. That's that's a book I'd recommend. Um, but the True Woman Conference, um, Revive Our Hearts, is the name of the ministry that she leads. But some great places to find resources to be a godly woman. Cool. Cool. Next question: Are women called to stay home and raise a family? Yeah. So.
1: You know, we we take a few moments and we kind of view, uh, review the questions before we we talk yeah. uh, before we talk on video. And this one this one got a lot of conversation from yeah. us, right? I almost wish we could go
0: back and record that conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but how would you begin to answer this? Yeah, I think the simple way we put it at first was some are called to that, some aren't, and some can't be called to that. Um, scripture doesn't give any uh, prohibition to a woman working. Proverbs 31, like you just mentioned, has a woman who's an entrepreneur. She's she's making money. She's making deals. She's She's uh, She has an income. Um, and yet on the other hand, we see that scripture makes it very clear that men are called to provide. Yeah. And that if the family is not being provided for, um, then the man in the relationship is the one who is letting down his family, yeah. and letting down the Lord by not taking care of his family. Absolutely. So that doesn't mean the man has to make the most money. Uh, you don't have to have the higher income. Uh, but if, if if your wife is working or if you're a woman and you're working, uh, it should be not because your husband is shirking his responsibility, not because he said, uh, I'm just gonna refuse to provide yeah. for the family. Right. So.
1: I'd also say the, the reason you would uh, you'd want both both husband and wife to be working is because you've you've decided this and in an ideal setting you're doing this because this is what you both wanted to do not because you're trying to attain an American image of what it means to have a successful life Um, but that that's something that you agree on because it's what you want for your family not because of worldly desires to to attain worldly things I'd also say Along this question is an important question that those who are dating or engaged, they really need to have this conversation.. Yeah. Uh, I'm working with a, a younger couple right now where they are they're younger, they're looking at getting engaged, and they're talking about their future life together. And the boyfriend is is pretty clear on his expectations that there will there will be a dual income mm. um, that the, the the type of life that he wants to have and wants to build for the family necessitates a dual income mm. um, with the type of cars he wants to drive and the vacations they want to have and those mm. sort of things the the girlfriend on the other hand is not so sure that that's the life that she wants to have mm. before her um, that she's willing to give up certain things so that she can stay at home that's it, her ultimate ultimate hope and dream would be to be able to stay at home and my counsel to them is they cannot get married, not having that settled.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, that, that, that That's a philosophical yeah. fork in the road about a life together and-
0: Values, um, principles. Values yeah.
1: and principles, uh-huh. hopes and dreams, kids, yeah. uh, involvement with family. And um, So as we look at this, going back to the original question, are women called to stay home and raise a family? Again, we're, we're not gonna point to any biblical prohibition for, for women working because we don't see it there. Um, that's something that I think each couple needs to figure out for the life that God's called them to. Yeah. yeah. So. It's good. Last one. How does a single mom
0: raise godly boys?
1: Yeah, this is a great question. I'm so thankful that this question came across. It gives yeah. us a chance to speak into this. How does a single mom raise godly boys? Um, I had I was I was being raised by a single mom for mm-hmm. a little bit of time. And so here's what I'd say. Uh, single moms, here's how you raise godly boys. You do it in the power of the spirit, guided by the Word of God, with a faithful church around you. To come around you and to help lift you up and support you uh, with godly men in the church to step in and show your young boys what a godly man is like and bold boys would be a great place for there that you day. go that's
0: it so yeah okay. i mean god's design of course was for a man and a woman a husband and a wife to yeah. raise a family but we know that for a variety of reasons whether that's um whether that's death or divorce or whatever it is that sometimes that's just not how it goes right. and uh, God steps in and God's God provides in those times, so if you're a single mom, God provides power and strength to be able to do that, to be able to raise uh, godly boys, and like you said, he provides also the church, yep. a church of godly men, because your boys will need men to look to, they will find men if, if you don't present them with some, and so get involved yeah. in a church where they can find godly men to look up to and be examples. And
1: I want to say that that goes for boys being raised by godly men too. I'm thankful for the other godly men in this church that are pouring into my boys and giving them other great examples yeah and so uh peace church is a great church i think for that to happen yeah so Amen. obviously we care about this issue so Amen. yeah
0: awesome thanks everyone it's been that's a good question thanks for all your questions yeah. excellent questions have a great week